Digital technology is having a big impact on the PR and communications industry, and not just from a media sense. Used effectively, it facilitates better ways of working and more efficient processes, and that can only be good for people's well-being as well as for clients. In terms of the industry, we don't exactly have the best track record on mental health. We don't have the best track record in terms of presenteeism. That idea of somebody turning up early and leaving late is, is apparently doing a good job. I don't buy that and I never have. Loss of you know a few extra percent as a margin if I can ensure that staff retention is um, you know as good as it can be if if I can ensure that great work is is the output and outcome of them being happy and clients are then happy as a result happy clients stay unhappy clients go after an initial six week trial Rich Lee has just introduced a four day work week to his agency Radioactive PR without cutting his staff's pay it's a radical new approach that some in the industry have turned their noses up at. But with the technology now at our disposal, there is no reason why things like shorter working weeks and virtual agencies cannot work perfectly well. I sometimes feel like there's an eye roll that comes from big agency founders. When somebody like you or somebody like me says that, I almost don't mind what people think of us, but I would like us to get past as as an industry this snobbishness around oh no well no no big company in their right mind would pick somebody that wasn't like us because it's happening around you guys but how would clients respond to such initiatives to a client they said that they would feel comfortable with us making this a permanent change to have a client in a decent payer uh, you know decent sized business great client look at me and say as long as the results are what they are or better then i couldn't care less In today's show, Rich and I explore whether technology could make a four-day work week a reality in the very near future. This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. So I'm going to welcome to the podcast today, Mr. PR, Rich Lee. <laughs> I have called back for a while. I'm assuming you have changed your name back from, by, by Deepol yeah, now? Yeah, definitely have. Um, well, actually, the funny thing is you don't need to change it back. It kind of reverts because if you go on to do official documentation, passports, birth certificates, all of those things, it does. But it's almost uh, an unspoken of loophole in the Deepol system that enables idiots like me to, to do silly things like that <laughs> there will be people who are listening going what yeah. <laughs> do you just want to explain briefly how you came to be changing your name to mr pr yeah sure so a friend of mine um jamie mcdonald and i we like to kind of one up each other quite competitive he's running the us currently he does crazy challenges to raise money for uh, children's hospitals because he was really sick as a kid okay. himself i went out to see him when we were staying in a hotel room and i made a game where i pulled up a load of socks and for about an hour we were playing each other best of five each time, um, throwing them from a distance into a bin. As you do. I think he started it and he said that we, we were ish the same on Twitter numbers. Now I'm not massively concerned either way, but when it comes to him saying, I'm going to beat you, I all of a sudden get very competitive on it. And he said, I'm going to have more than you by the end of the year. And I said, this sounds like a bet. He just run Canada dressed as the Flash. Right. And I said, okay. If I win, you have to change your name to The Flash. First name, The, last name, Flash. And he said, all right, I'll take you up on that. But if you do, you have to change your name to something and I get to choose what. So we got to it and it ended up being public relations. And he did win. He ended up with more than me and he should end up with more than me. You know, what's some bloody idiot 
like me talking nonsense about PR shouldn't have as many followers or anywhere near more followers than somebody that raises a million dollars for kids charities, right? And that's how I became Mr. Public Relations, picked up the phone to the DPI <laughs> office and said, this is what I'd like to do. And they said, sounds fine. I'm sure they get so much worse. And it's a relatively simple process for anybody that doesn't know. And yeah, you get, you know, I've got up on the wall in the other room, kind of rubber stamp certificate. You know, this legally acknowledges that you change your name. And that's how it happened. <laughs> so today's main topic, we are going to be talking about something else you've done, which has captured a lot of attention with your agency, which is moving to a four day work week which is now all confirmed, I'm right in saying that. You had a, a six-week trial over the summer? We had a six-week trial over the summer and took a bit of time to yeah. collect and collate all the results from various surveys that you know, we'd sent to clients and throughout the team. And then I sat on it for a bit because I guess it's within our industry especially, but you know, within I, I didn't know anybody that had gone through this process, so it was almost without precedent. Well, it's a big decision to make. Huge decision, it was. And it took me a few weeks to get to. It's going to quickly become a distant memory in terms of when I did it, if all continues to go as it is, because it's just, it's going so well. You know, from a client perspective, you know, we're winning more than we ever have. We're retaining well. You know, it, it's it's just worked in the, the grand scheme of how we manage our time at the agency. Yeah. It's worked phenomenally well. And I appreciate that we are in not a, not a unique position, but, you know, we're on, we're, I can only speak for us as an agency. We're on in our own position. So I can only say, how it might work for us because I've had a lot of people say, so does this mean every company should do a four-day work week? And I am quick to say, that's not for me to say. Yeah. That is it's sector specific, it's margin specific, it's team specific. There are various instances in, in which you can imagine this not working, but for us, it's working well. And as I say, we are a good while now into having made it permanent. And we should say that it's not just four-day weeks, it's four-day weeks without cut and pay. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's earning what they earned before. It's just now they're working Monday to Thursday. So you've got a three-day weekend and yep. it goes some way to redressing the work-life issue that I think many of us have experienced, especially in PR, but you know, within our professional lives in other industries too. Yeah, and, and that kind of brings me on to the first question I wanted to ask you really, which is what prompted the initial idea to even trial this let alone to see if it, it was permanent but what was the driving force to making that trial i've always had a mantra and it's not particularly sexy but it does and it's happy team doing great work with not for with happy clients okay and my, my wife says it sounds really corny when i say this because i've done a few radio interviews and whatnot where i've said it and she's like oh i cringe every time but how do you get happy clients great work how do you get great work a happy team and that's first and foremost, the only thing I have to sell as an agency is our time and expertise. We've always spent a lot of time, or I've, I've certainly always spent a lot of time thinking about ways to keep them happy, to maintain a balance of um, conscientiousness and hard work, but also reward and just fun and ensuring that you know, we work in a creative industry. They aren't going to burn out. In terms of the industry, we don't exactly have the best track record on mental health within it. We don't have the best track record in terms of presenteeism. Yeah. That idea of somebody turning up early and leaving late is is apparently doing a good job. I don't buy that and I never have. No. So for me, it was how do we maintain accord and happiness? But for economic reasons, obviously, you know, I'm running a business. How do we maintain a margin? How do we do it in a way that keeps everybody happy? Yeah, yeah. We always left it for on a Friday. And that was one of the main things that got me thinking about Fridays as a whole within the industry and 
made me consider you know, the implications of reducing work time on a Friday. Okay. And, you know, added to that, I've never wanted the guys at anything more than 80% capacity. The fact is I don't want somebody in the space that we work in to feel particularly time pressured. We don't, as an agency, do timesheets. So all of those things added together and got me got me thinking about Fridays. And it was around this time that the New Zealand-based firm, Perpetual Guardian, had just started their trial. Okay. Uh, it's been to one of my friends. And all of my mates seem to have these weird alternative lives. And there's that saying, isn't there, that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, if they can do this and make a go of it, and PR on a Friday is, is quite reactive, nothing ever goes out. Yeah. I mean, the Metro, they don't even work in the office on a Friday. So times are changing a bit. And the fact is it become a bit of a writing day. And reporting used to happen on a Friday at my other agencies. Well, to, to give a, an enormous plug, things like Coverage Book and you know us being plugged, plugged in well with Google Analytics yeah. with each client or Shopify or whichever you know, measurement tool they use, that almost negates the need for time spent on, on reporting. Because, I mean, the guys at Coverage Book do a great job at ensuring that your time is spent on, on the things that matter. So the Fridays then became a, if we were to leave it for, what does it look like if we went to, to one o'clock, if we, if we did the half day? And then the more I heard over a week or two, I think we're in a relatively good position. Our margins are high. Why? Because, again, we're based here versus being based in London, where a lot of client fee goes towards overheads. And it sort of comes to team happiness it comes to are we in the, the place where we can do this as in you know financially you know are we in a place where i would even want to do this well absolutely because selfishly i've got things i want to do businesses i want to start projects i'd love to to get to outside of running the agency yeah, too yeah. so it all combined to make me think are you still in oxford yeah 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 i'm in the cotswolds yeah right so so yeah in the cotswolds you're not a million miles away from from where i am there's some great talent out this way because the people tend to get to a stage in their career where they think I'm going to move somewhere nicer and yeah. try and find some of that work-life balance. But for me, I've always prided myself on being a bit noisy in an industry that I feel still I have no massive right to be in. So this gives us an opportunity to shine a light to, to that talent and say, hey, if you're really good, then you should be working with us. Yeah. And I can't move for CVs at the minute. And it's a, you know, it's a great byproduct of doing this. It will attract the best talent as well. Why? Because people want to feel like they're valued. Sure, people could make the claim that people just uh, you know, will be inherently lazy and want to work less for the same yes, money, but yeah. I don't see it like that. I see it like people that want to buy into a culture of, of working hard, doing well, being you know, conscientious about results from clients, but also you know, aware that there's a life outside of PR. Yeah, and, and you, you talk then about the, the Fridays being quiet. And, and it's something that... To be honest, I've seen happening more and more since I set up independently, similar time as you four years ago. I have noticed specifically over the last maybe 18 months that Fridays now are very quiet in terms of, I don't know, even things like emails coming in. No one's seen, it's, it's always just a quiet day. And as an independent consultant, I can take the time then to say, okay, well, I'm going to have a Friday afternoon off or in actual fact, I might decide to have a Tuesday morning off, but then that's because I can, because I'm not employed by someone. So I think to have the freedom that you're giving people is fantastic. The impact it has on me if I decide to do that sort of stuff. So let's say I decide to take, I don't know, all day Tuesday off because I'm going to go out to lunch with my wife and then we're going to go and do some of the kids after school. I don't know. The impact of that on me, though, is that I might then choose to work an evening or, I don't know, a Saturday morning or something. 
And I do that out of choice because I have the ability to do that. With the people you've got working with you, how do you control their that whole arrive early and, and leave late thing if they know they've got a certain amount to do still, but within four days, not five? It's all about time management. What you just said there is exactly time management. You know that if you take a few hours there for work, that you, I was going to say should then, that you could as an independent be doing at that time. You know that you're going to have to make them up elsewhere. Yeah. The difference with me as an agency owner is obviously resources. I've said I don't want them at more than 80%. Can they give me 85? Awesome. You know, that's, and, and then the, the onus is on me to recruit sooner. And that comes down, that's a financial implication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're certainly not at full capacity and nor will we ever be. And that makes some agency owners I spoke to about this look at me and think, well, why not? Why aren't you at capacity? You know, is that, does that say something about you and your business and where you're at? And I just think that it means that I'm, that we allocate resources well. Because what is, what's if, you know, a few extra percent as a margin if I can ensure that staff retention is, um, you know, as good as it can be? If, if I can ensure that great work is, is the output and outcome of them being happy and clients are then happy as a result. Happy clients stay, unhappy clients go. It's interesting there you said about a few extra percent on, on the margin sort of thing. And I understand where you're coming from because I share a very similar mindset to you. But having worked in agencies for 10 years or so prior to setting up independently, yep. I am very used to a structure where a few extra percent on the margin is the be all and end all. And, you know, there are so many little measurements that you take and benchmarks that you take. And it's all about driving efficiencies, which will add, I don't know, half a percent here and half a percent there. And it it used to drive me nuts. But it depends on the kind of agency you're at or that you want to run, I guess. I mean, industry average is 13 percent, if that figure is still accurate. And we are comfortably above that. It's, it's up to us then as to you know what we do with that and growth yeah. is still very much my mentality i'm not I mean my ambition is i've said it before it's both my best and my worst trait growth for me is is still massively important are we growing absolutely you know, is it too soon to tell um, it, you know, ask me again in six months time a year's time as to how it's going yeah, but, yeah. you know even the last quarter and that's what it's been we've only grown in revenue and margin has remained roughly you know roughly stable and that will be hit as i say when i recruit so over the next few months as a result of you know another senior hire you know that will drop slightly yep. but i'm completely at ease with that to retain the best talent to attract the best talent to you know, kind of be noisy in an industry where everybody very much looks the same yeah yeah it's either a terrible idea or a great one and you know time <laughs> time will tell but i've always been incredibly security conscious like financially secure security conscious so for the first couple of years, I'll be completely honest and say I didn't enjoy this whatsoever. Okay. I didn't enjoy running an agency. I didn't enjoy the pressures that came with it. We did a good job and, you know, we did very, very good work. But every single person that I brought in and you know, coupled with the fact that I've got three kids myself, it's, you know, it's another mouth to feed, isn't it? So what that does is it means if shit hit the fan and every client left tomorrow, I need to know that I can pay wages because I don't want to be making people redundant. Yeah, yeah. So first couple of years, it was all about a buffer really transparent with them about what every single client pays who does what uh-huh. you can't co- coach conscientiousness but you can instill it you know, if if an exec knows that you know there's there's a, a time sensitivity or you know financial implications to getting something wrong you know, and even if it's not immediate it's you know it could be two months down the line then you know they they go into it with their eyes open and they you know, there's, there's almost that you know will to make it work at all levels so that's that's why i you know, i'm really communicative with them in terms of 
you know, where we're at because and in a way that I, you know, I've not necessarily had other agencies and that's not to slight, you know, the way they're run. Everybody runs a company differently, mm-hmm. but I, if it goes wrong, the thing that I come to myself with was I'm not bad at this. Yeah. You know, if, if it all goes wrong, then I go and get another job. But I didn't want that to be the case. Why? Because I've got people dependent on me now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also I'm, I don't know what I'd be like as an employee anymore. <laughs> I know that thing. How did you feel first two years? No, I was fine, to be honest. I loved the whole thing and still do about running my own business. But then I am in a different situation to you in that I don't have employees. You know, I am an independent consultant. I look after my time and my money and everything that goes along with it. But I don't have to consider paying salaries and and other people's families. I've just got to look after my own sort of thing. So I, I think it's a different situation. I think it comes back to a second ago, you mentioned about if you have to allocate your time differently or want to allocate your time differently, you say, right, Tuesday, I'm doing this. You can only sell your time once. And that was the thing. I freelanced for a few months before starting. And it was, in fact, the fact that I could only sell my time once that led me to starting the agency. Okay. Now there's a team of people. It's so much easier to manage team time. There's no need for me to say, okay, well, if we're not doing that on a Friday, then it has to be done double on a you know there's there yeah. has to be double the time spent on a monday because this many clients pay us this much money to do this many days work a month for them yeah cool. have we got have we got that handled resource wise absolutely so then it's just literally a case of shifting units of time isn't it i saw one one agency on analysis say something like that it's that it almost smacks of not inefficiency but basically if you worked with us then you'd be getting more work out of us than you'd be getting you know, current clients of uh, radioactive yeah and and it just doesn't work like that no because nobody could possibly pay us for the amount of time individually like that we have the time to resource for. It just wouldn't happen. You know, they'd have to be paying you know, seven figures to be anywhere near on a monthly basis the time that we have to spend. And if they did, if a client like that did come in, well, guess what? I just recruit. And what have I got access to now? I've got access to the best talent possibly around because people want to come and work here. Yeah. It's a scary jump into something like this. And it, you know, it is risky, but... Why not try? And like I say, the worst that can happen is we need to revert. And the team are very, very aware of that. The Digital Download Membership Scheme gives you on-demand advice, support and coaching when you need it. With exclusive online training, video Q&As with topic experts and a members-only network to discuss all of the latest developments, it gives you the confidence and the peace of mind you need to succeed in digital communications. But don't take my word for it. The thing I find really valuable is that we all share best practice and we tell each other about things that we've learned. We share information on absolutely everything from the latest industry trends to how to manage a new algorithm change. So some really practical information. But I also really like the slightly more formal learning element to it. So in our regular calls, we can focus on a specific subject. It's also a really unjudgy space, which I really like. So I can always ask the kind of questions that I'm pretty sure I should know the answers to, but I don't. So I'm always learning something new, which is um, really useful in an industry that changes every two minutes. I'm Kate Hartley. I run a company called Polpio, which does crisis simulations for brands and agencies. And I also run a PR agency called Carrot Communications. For full details of the membership scheme, visit paulsutton.co forward slash members. You mentioned things like Coverage Book and Google Analytics and WhatsApp and, and various technologies there. What role do you think that digital technology has had firstly on your ability to make this decision and secondly on your ability as an agency to actually carry that out now you're doing it massive 
The fact is this probably wouldn't have been doable for us five years ago. This wouldn't have been doable when I set up the agency. Okay. And why was that? So the speed of response now, just, just to talk about the WhatsApp groups, and this is something I've, I've you know, harped on about quite a lot. Our promise to clients, and the, re- the only reason this works, is trust and, let's say, this promise that if something happens, we are there just as if it was a weekend. Again, you've worked agency side. You know that if, if something goes wrong for a client, and they need to be able to pick the phone up to you whatever time it happens. Because as people have rightly pointed out, PR happens every day, every minute, every second. Yep. And our promise to clients is if you need us, then we are there. And if a journalist inquiry comes in, we as people used to picking up our phones every few minutes now, we're checking our emails anyway. So if something comes in from a journalist, what's the likelihood that it goes an hour or two before we've seen that? very 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 slim even at the weekend right so we're on that so our, our commitment to clients is we are on every inquiry that might come in on your behalf that can't wait and you know we're clear about that so a journalist comes in at 10 a.m on a friday and says deadline's midday we'll see and we'll action that that doesn't get dropped and not once has any single thing been dropped that comes in every single friday we get opportunities in which means a couple of minutes work for the guys you know, per person possibly per friday Yep. No more than a Saturday or a Sunday, traditionally any other agency ever. That just wouldn't be possible without the, the technology that we have available to us now. So let's take Google Drive. A journalist says, oh, I need a high-res head and shoulders within the next hour. The easiest thing in the world to go into the app and share from there. Yep. WhatsApp, a client says, ah, we've just had this in or this is happening. We need you to respond with this. We see that almost instantly. It's transparent. They know if we've seen it, we know what they've seen. And it can be actioned quickly. Now, without the faff of formality as well, there's something massive to be said for that, that it's not, hi, insert person. Yes. I hope you're doing well. It's just, hey team, this needs happening, uh, or this is going slightly wrong in this way. You know, we need a bit of support on this. Yep. So there's that commitment. And also reactive PR. React, again, we talked about Fridays earlier on. Reactive is something that you can never quite gauge as to whether or not you're going to need to pull something together. It could be as simple as a statement from a, a client, or it could be, a creative reactive where you think there's an opportunity here those things tend to take a very short amount of time anyway and we you know we we have that baked into pretty much every retained client we work with which is you know there will be team time spent on on that as and when the need arises but you know we'll certainly be looking at the press that is relevant to the audience that you want to uh, you want to reach so you know reactive does come into it too yeah and again it's just you know, speed of response without whatsapp without google drive without you know, phone redirects, which you know is a technology that you don't even consider. But the fact that either the phone redirects or we get you know any voicemail that comes into a to an office line gets emailed to all of us. That there is it's just you know, processes and you know yeah. kind of technology flow now that means that we could be anywhere and, and it would work well. So that's that's how it helps from a four day perspective. And then also I feel like the gap between agencies based outside of London and based inside of London is is narrowing all of the time and we we charge what why can we do that so confidently because how often do you sit down with the client really once every quarter once every six weeks well i'm in london every week pretty much you know the team and i are in regularly what do you get now by paying for that name above the door it's so easy to use skype it's so easy to uh you know to report quickly to, to send information back and forth i just think that we're in a great position on that though uh, I, was, I was sat down with somebody the other day and they said 
which I've never yet met an agency based outside of London that didn't have a chip on its shoulder about being based outside of London. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I went, yeah, no, I probably have. I probably have. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, and I, I know exactly what you're saying because obviously I've worked with agencies outside yeah. of London. But the, the fact is, nowadays, it like you said, it makes no difference where you work from. I, I know agencies, and I work with some as, as a consultant, who have entirely remote teams. So they are this kind of virtual agency model. There is no reason why that cannot work perfectly well now with all this technology in place. I sometimes feel like there's an eye roll that comes from big agency founders. When somebody like you or somebody like me says that, I was sat down the other day with the, uh, the marketing director at a very, very, very big technology company. Everybody knows who they are. And they've just appointed an agency to, to support them on, on this big creative brief. And that agency is built literally of two people in the agency that bring people in, in exactly the model you've just described, yes. to, to man projects as and when they come in. Now, that's a bit scary, you know, the, the notion of it being you know, project-based and not, and not retained. But this is a quarter of a million pound creative project we're talking about. Right. This, this company's just bought these, you know, this agency in for. And when you think of it like that, could that have happened five years ago? That money there would 100% have gone to, we can all name them, you know, one of 10, one of 15 creative shops in London, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. I almost don't mind what people think of us as agencies based outside of, but I would like us to get past as, a, as an industry this snobbishness around LML. Well, no, no big company in their right mind would pick somebody that wasn't like us because it's happening around you guys. It's, it, it is. It is. It's changing. It's changing fast. And and things like you're doing now, like you say, you project this forward in five years and this will be far more commonplace. Absolutely. The whole virtual agency, remote working, shorter work weeks, all of that sort of stuff. It is changing. I see it changing all the time. Just to kind of summarise it, what impact has this had on your clients, your staff? I mean, how have they responded to this? So the first way that so we could measure that is the surveys that went out a couple of times throughout so about halfway and at the end for clients and the the post-trial survey that we did for staff. And with clients, to a client, they said that they would feel comfortable with us making this a permanent change. And we had a sliding scale of to what extent do you think results have been affected as a direct result of the trial? And the results there were just so positive in a way that you, know, you, open, you open that link to see that that survey report and you you look through your fingers thinking has this worked was this a bad idea has it not you know am i going to destabilize a client am i going to potentially down the line and i would like to think okay well maybe not now but in three months time what, what's that client thinking and the first person i spoke to they looked at me and went i don't give a fuck how much time you spend the age honestly <laughs> and it was so empowering i guess to to have a client in a decent payer uh, you know decent sized business great client look at me and say as long as the results are what they are or better then I couldn't care less. Um, yeah, and, and you obviously, you know, you work the time that we pay for you. We went in to see them last week, week before. Um, that's the first time I've seen him and you know, the team face-to-face since making the change. And he was like, really happy. You know, no, it doesn't feel like anything's changed. You know, communication's still there. Results are still there. You know, the timeline is the timeline. And, you know, it's up to you to manage your time. I'm not going to tell you how to run your business. And that was similar across the board, to be honest, with clients. All they care about is, are you doing a good job for us? Are you adhering to the timeline that is contractually bound, you know, that we're contractually bound by? Are we doing what we said we'd do for them? Yes. Is it working well? Yes. They're happy. And uh, the results from the clients very much bore that out. 
with the team. I say I, want, I made it anonymous because I didn't want anybody to feel like they had to say, actually, I'm loving this. Yeah. You know, but if if they felt like it was as in pressure, I wanted them to be really honest. And every single person said that it, that they had a better work life balance. Every single person said they felt more relaxed when at home. Every single person said that they'd you know, they'd enjoyed the you know, the trial and would like to see it continue. And again, there's a sliding scale of ways that it impacted their jobs. And things like having less time to write did come up. So that's, it's a learning for me. Okay, well, we just, you know, we allocate time differently. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe we, you know, we, we shunt some of that towards, you know, the beginning of the week. So it's, it, it was just so positive. And then, like, you know, I, I sat down with the team when I'd made the decision to, to, to carry it on. And it was just, it was just so well received. Everybody says, oh, yeah, well, you'd expect them to have really embraced that. But, I didn't know. I had no idea how they were necessarily feeling. Throughout, you can see, are they happy? Are they not happy? Are they stressed? Are they not stressed? You can see those things, I guess, on a day-to-day level. But on a wider level, it is hard to see. And then since then, it's just business as normal. The impact to us since has been enormously positive. More CVs of great people than I could possibly hope to interview. So that's that's one thing. Two new clients as a direct result of people that have said, we employ an agency because we are looking for people that think differently and not just think differently, but have the ability to, to act on that and you know make people think differently about them. One new brand that we started working with said, that's exactly how we found you. And that's what we want you to do for us. You know, not from a four day perspective, but you know, the fact is you've reached an audience, us as a buying, as a buying client, you've made us think a certain way and you've made us act a certain way. That's all we need from a PR agency is you to do that for us. It's been really, really positive in agency. Outside of agency, everybody says, ah, oh, but you're still working for others, aren't you? Um, the truth is, I'm still doing bits and pieces. But yeah. but how do you scale an agency? Well, you scale departmentally. Obviously, you scale in terms of you know numbers, the numbers of heads. And three, locationally. So is location your word? I don't know it is. It is now, right? It is um, now. <laughs> you, you scale by location. So that's where I'm at, is, is considering how we how we grow in, in those ways now. And also ancillary additions to the business. So I have for the last year wanted to start a speaking agency. We've got some phenomenal clients. So access to great speakers isn't a problem. And no speaker signs to a to a, an exclusive with a speaking agency. So the work there just becomes then selling that speaker on to a, a company or whatever is looking for a speaker. Well that's a model that near enough doesn't parallel but you know there there are certainly mirrors in terms of how that works from a process perspective to what we already do. So I see that being quite complementary. Well, that's something I'm going to ask the agency. There's production. You know, I've been speaking to a few different production agencies or companies that, you know, that are keen to potentially become part of us. So it just becomes radioactive productions or like white label for us, which you know, might, might well be the best way to do it. So like, this has given me the time to get up on the hill a little bit and look down and think, right, where am I moving these pieces? And that's a really positive thing for me. So, you know, this is giving myself that time to to create, to, to, to keep moving forwards. And I think it can only lead to good things. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's a really good place to finish, actually. Thank you so much for sharing your story on this, because I think it's a fascinating thing. And like I say, I think this will become hopefully more and more common over the next five or so years. Where can people get hold of you online if they want to talk to you more about it? So I tweet more than I should at Rich Lee PR. That's Rich L E I G H P R. You'll find me on LinkedIn if you just search Rich Lee. 
email. So it's just rich at radioactivepr.com. And then obviously our agency website, radioactivepr.com. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Rich. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've got any ideas for future topics you'd like to see covered or people you'd like to hear from, contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton. Thank you for listening.